Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about the fact that uh, financial issues and problems often bleed across different fields within financial services. And uh, if you don't understand that and you don't appreciate it, that opportunities uh, will slip between the gaps um, and that you could potentially make mistakes. So what I thought I'd do is just talk about the different advisors that you will come across in your life and the limitations uh, in terms of uh, legal legal limitations of their ability to talk about certain matters. And then I'm going to share with you three potential solutions on how you can deal with this issue. Um, so let's talk about the different professions and uh, just there's typically sort of five, I guess, mortgage brokers, accountants, tax advisors, financial advisors, property advisors, and then insurance advisors. And I'll just talk very quickly about them individually and the limitations just so you can, um, I guess, understand what that looks like. So firstly, mortgage advice, if, you, if you're going to give any advice in respect to mortgages, products, loan structuring, borrowing capacity, interest rates, these sorts of things, you must hold what's called an Australian credit license or be an authorised representative of a holder of a, an ACL, Australian credit license. Uh, and in the show notes, I've got links to all the registers. So ASIC maintains a, a register of credit representatives and you can see whether the person you're dealing with is licensed to provide that advice. The next is tax advisors to provide any tax, what they call tax agent services. So that's really any tax advice or lodging your tax return and these sorts of things. You must be registered with the Tax Practitioners Board. Um, and uh, quite often, however, I find that some very well-meaning and ethical and honest professionals can sometimes uh, express opinions about tax treatments or, or even give you tax uh, advice. And um, I would just be very careful in respect to that. If the person isn't a registered tax agent, certainly listen to their advice if you trust and respect them, but make sure you go away and confirm what they've told you is in fact correct, you know, it hasn't changed because uh, they might not be up to date and, and all it applies to your situation. Next one is financial advisors. To give financial advice, you must hold an Australian Financial Services Licence, or AFSL for short, or be an authorised representative of a holder of that such licence. Uh, and financial advice is very broad, can include things like cash flow management, budgeting, investing in shares, managed funds, super, retirement plan, planning, estate planning, risk management, and so on. So it's very, very deep. Um, and I've written and podcasted before about the importance of choosing someone that's completely independent. And again, in the show notes, there's a AFSL register that ASIC maintains that you can search to see if the person, again, you're dealing with uh, is, is um, licensed to provide that advice. Uh, next is property advice. Uh, now, if you... Um, benefit from making a recommendation for someone to buy a specific property so that would certainly encompass buyers agents or you help someone sell a property and you re represent them uh, then you need to have a real estate agent's license 
and that's a state-based licensing by Consumer Affairs. However, if you are going to give advice in respect to property investment, um, so so that is really advice, but not recommending a specific property, but giving you advice around that, you don't need any license whatsoever. It doesn't fall within financial advice because that's covered by the Corporations Act um, and that, that only covers advice in respect to a security and the definition of security does not include real estate, real property. Uh, so be very, very careful, therefore, if someone's offering you property advice, what are their uh, qualifications, education, you know, do they have to have, you know, what sort of compliance regime do they have, these sorts of things. Anyway, buyer beware with respect to property advice. Uh, and lastly, insurance advice. Uh, quite often, a lot of financial advisors will give insurance advice as part of their holistic approach. But also, there are a bunch of uh, professionals out there that just do insurance only advice. And that would be a limited AFSL, Australian Financial Services license, uh, but they're out there. Uh, so really, in summary, mortgage brokers can give you advice about you know credit products, mortgage products, and so forth, but really can't talk about cash flow and taxation matters and ownership structure and these sorts of things, uh, whereas tax agents can give you advice in regards to tax matters but can't talk about cash flow and investments and mortgage and loan structure and interest rates and these sorts of things. A financial planner can talk about um, how to invest the money but they can't necessarily talk about the, unless they're um, a tax agent, can't necessarily talk about the tax consequences or the tax planning matters associated with their investment advice. So as you can see, uh, a, lot of, a lot of financial matters and financial decisions cross over multiple fields. Uh, and therefore, it creates a little bit of a problem or can create a bit of a problem uh, in that you need advice from different professionals. But also, the other problem is that um, does the right hand know what the left hand is doing? So what opportunities or issues will fall between the gaps, either because each advisor is aware of what you're up to, or they didn't receive the, the right information, you deemed that it wasn't appropriate to share that information or necessary, uh, but had they have known, maybe they would have given you sort of different advice or more proactive advice. So consider the decision to upgrade or your home or for other people to downsize their home, that sort of situation. You know, you, you want to think about budgetary constraints and borrowing capacity, so you need a mortgage broker. You want to talk about or think about sort of cash flow and how it builds into your retirement strategy or it impacts your wealth accumulation strategy, so you need a financial advisor. And possibly there's some taxation consequences associated with those decisions, so you need to speak to a tax agent. So one decision around upgrading or downgrading your home uh, could require a kind of a multidisciplinary approach. Uh, of course, not all financial decisions are like that. Sometimes they're relatively simple and only need brief input from those different advisors, and, and that's not such a big uh, deal or, or issue. It's more about you know the more complex uh, transactions, whether you have a thorough enough process to really... Uh, identify all the issues and, and ensure that there's no omissions or miscommunication or misunderstanding between your advisors. Uh, so if you acknowledge that this is a risk, that you really do need someone taking that big picture view, what are your solutions? Well, I think there's three. The first one is that you can take responsibility for this yourself. And so um, uh, that means that you must ensure 
that your flow of information between all your advisors is um, is perfect. And I would probably say, you know, my key bit of advice is you're better to over-communicate rather than under-communicate. And you might not necessarily have the experience or knowledge to decide which information is relevant and which information is irrelevant. Uh, sometimes people think, you know, they might mention something and they think it's irrelevant, but in fact it actually could have significant implications in, our, in the decision that we're making. So um, if you're using various advisors, you can be the conduit uh, the communication conduit between all those advisors and just make sure they're um, absolutely aware of all your current and future plans uh, and any particular things that you're concerned about so that they can uh, include it in their advice and make comment should they need to. The second option is to engage a holistic uh, independent firm. So that would be a firm that has its own Australian financial services licence, has a credit licence, has a tax agency so that you can either sit with one person in that firm or a team within that firm uh, and uh, get holistic advice. So if you bring up something like upgrading or downgrading your home, you can, you can have that holistic and well-rounded approach uh, to solving that problem to make sure that you're going to capture all the value that's possible. The comment that I would make in respect to this option is make sure, well, the key success factor here is that um, it ha that that firm has a good collaboration culture as opposed to sometimes those holistic firms uh, sometimes they can work very siloed you know they work on their particular situation but they don't have a lot of interaction with the the rest of the firm uh, but it's important that the uh, the relationship is very much centered around the client rather than the the dis discipline they're practicing at that particular time. So I know in our business it takes a lot of effort to making sure we're really taking the time to talk about our clients and sharing that information. It needs to be ingrained within the culture. And lastly, the third option is to use a firm or a group of firms that have a deep relationship with each other. So sometimes what you find is that an account will have a really deep relationship with a buyer's agent who have a really deep relationship with a mortgage broker. Um, and whilst you're, it still will be incumbent upon you to be to take responsibility to facilitate the communication between those businesses, uh, the fact that they've got a good relationship means they like and respect each other, so they're more likely to pick up the phone and talk about your situation and share knowledge and information and strategies than if they didn't know each other. So that's a potential solution, but of course, it still rests with you. Um, there are non-advice benefits as well of using a holistic firm. So I know in our business, you know, if we set up insurance for a client, well, our tax guys know to pick up the deduction for the income protection premiums, for example, or if we set up a loan structure, uh, our tax guys know, you know, pick up the full interest deduction, which loan relates to what purpose and those sorts of things. So there's administration things there just from a knowledge perspective from a day-to-day -day, uh, aspect. I guess the point is what I'm trying to communicate with this podcast is really that um, a lot of financial decisions, particularly important ones, require a multidisciplinary approach. And you know, it's really important that, um, that you've got a really thorough and well thought out and well debated and well considered uh, approach and advice to make sure that one, you're not missing any opportunities, two, you're not making a mistake and three, nothing's uh, slipping between the gaps. And, um, and, and having a holistic team is a really good solution to that, and I know it works very well, having run 
uh, my business the past 17 years, you, you, I almost witness it almost on a daily basis. Uh, so it certainly works, but it's not the be-all and end-all. There are a couple of other solutions for it, and it's really just about acknowledging that that's a risk. You know that if you have a bunch of different advisors, the risk is that they don't know all what's going on and, and that opportunities get missed. But once you acknowledge that uh, as a potential risk, you can um, really focus on it and ensure it doesn't occur. Uh, so there you go. As always, uh, more information in the show notes and the blog on our website. Uh, and until next week, bye for now.